Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Churros! Take it easy! What is this? Did you just win the Champions League? Etacticus Podcast. It is Monday, December 7th, in the year 2020. And here we are. This weekend, I took a picture with my family, a Christmas picture. Um, oh. my two kids and my wife with Santa. It's an annual tradition. This year, it was Santa was ten feet behind us, behind a plexiglass, and we were all wearing masks, and it was hilarious. And now today, wow. we are here to talk about Cadiz, a lovely small team on the southern coast of Spain, <laughs> who have beaten Real Madrid and Barcelona in the same season. Mm-hmm. Because what could be mm-hmm. more descriptive of that state, the state of? Um, the quote-unquote big two than that. So joining me, Kian Sobani, to talk about Spanish football is Diego Lorin. <laughs> Diego, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I was, I'm was, i a little taken aback by that intro. Again, I had to check the results. I was like, wait, the, the, the Real Madrid just won the Champions League. Has La Liga been decided for Madrid? I don't, I, you know. Of course. But, it was uh, the prestigious hey, look, uh, if, December if, December weekend <laughs> trophy. You didn't, you didn't get the memo? If, uh, no, well, okay. uh, that one must have slipped by. But uh, listen, if Barca's losses bring this much delight, I can't wait for um, you know to you win a double or let alone triplete. My days, if Ramadan wins a triplete, triplete one day. But uh, listen, yeah, let's talk about it, man. It's uh, <clears throat> it's unfortunate that this has come at this moment in time, right? Because we, I wasn't able to do the pod on Friday um, because of health and, and schedule issues. And had it been on Friday, I would have been, of course, singing the intro. But uh, we skipped Fridays. Our apologies to our loyal listeners. We will make it up to you. Yes. Uh, and here we are on Monday where the tables have turned. And, you know, Kian's doing the intro and rightfully so, of course. There's no doubt about it. That's Cadiz, very apt. Another with a massive, massive upset, David versus Goliath, and they did it again. So 
over to you, my friend. I don't know where you want to take it, where you want to go, but I'll I'll grab your hand and follow you wherever it is that you t- lead me. Well, Ooh. certainly, <laughs> well, certainly, if we had done the Friday pod, then um, the intro would have been, as you said, quite reverse because it was following Real Madrid's loss to Shakhtar. But um, you graciously gave us the day off on Friday, and now we're here, and I get to to do it. I would say. On Saturday, because I didn't watch the game. I actually finished watching Barcelona and Cadiz this morning. Uh, I didn't see it live. On Saturday night, mm. my, my dad called me and he said, did you see the Cadiz-Barcelona game? And I said, no, I saw the result. Were Cadiz good or did they get lucky? What happened? And he said, they did to Barcelona what they did to us. <laughs> mm. And so I watched it again this morning. Uh, I thought... I thought Barcelona were were not that bad, but very key mm-hmm. brain farts twice specifically, of course, um, which we'll talk about is yeah. is kind of what happened. And I gotta say, I saw a lot of Messi slander before I watched the game, like you know, and just the idea like Messi had another bad game. I thought it was f- that was far from the truth after watching this from start to finish. Um, we can talk about his crazy mm-hmm. stats, like 10 shots and 9 completed dribbles. Like that, those stats are just ridiculous to read. At the same time, the eye mm-hmm. test told me that he was actually the only one that could do anything in this game offensively. And if not for him, um, well, I, I just don't know where else any offensive chances were to come from. Whether it was his individual dribbling and through balls to Dest on the right side, creating chances yep. for Braithwaite, there some, some of his great touches, mm-hmm. great dribbles. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. so <clears throat> I can't pin this on Messi like the narrative told me to before the game, but you know, the, okay. I think what that, did you yeah. think? No, I, I, I'm trying to make sense of that Messi slander. And I think that there might be some resentment among some quote unquote coolest. And I use that word lightly in this occasion, Bureau, for those that are, you know, uh, slanting, slanting messy, as you mentioned, as you put it, uh, that that comes from sort of the latest statements with regards to and rumors with regards to Messi having agreed a deal with PSG that he'll be joining Neymar uh, next season. That uh, Neymar, the why, the reason why he leaked or why he said what he said following uh, the Champions League uh, clash against Man U, I think it was when he said that. Um, Right. You know that he he wants to play with Messi again, and, and he, he's sure that that will happen next season. Apparently, he, you know Neymar's in the loop, and again things have been agreed, etc. So that that might have something to do with it. And and you know, there's no doubt about it. Messi is not the same that we know that we are used to from him. That despite the stats that you want to go to, go over, which I would love to hear because <clears throat> I'm not aware of those neither. Um, there's a clear sort of change in attitude and and just things not going his way like i said like we're used to uh, seeing from him right so that might be that now with regards to how i saw all this um you know i think barca arrived facing this game with with two facts like dos hechos as they say which is with two knowns uh, and that is that they came off the back of yet another good and very solid champions league victory against uh, feren baros uh, with you know standout performances from various players that kind of lifted the mood, lifted spirits. Uh, it's it's a fact that we're seeing one Barca in the Champions League at the moment and another in La Liga. Um, and a 
again, man, I had those fucking R's loaded for you, Keon, on Friday. I was, <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could have rolled them off uh, had I not been feeling so shit and, and I, I come off of like uh, two 13-hour or 12-hour shooting days. Um, mm. because, Don't worry, you know, you, you'll, you'll have plenty of opportunities this season. Was, I'm sure you'll have yeah, plenty I, of opportunities. I hope so. I you hope so. Don't worry. That was an absolute delight. That was a great, you know, absolute delight watching that take place in the Bernabeu. But... That, that leads me to my second point. So the reason um, that, uh, well, you're doing the intro, of course, is Aleti won, Madrid won. Uh, well, I don't want to digress over into uh, those games yet because I'm, we're going to talk about Madrid and Atletico a little bit more uh, later on. But but with regards to, to Barca, oh, okay, my second fact is that no team has ever come back from a 12-point gap uh, of the league leaders. Hmm. So this was an absolute must-win for Barca. Um, now, I say must-win because of what I just mentioned. Uh, 12-point gap has never been, you know, <clears throat> recouped or bounced back from for any uh, La Liga winner. Uh, a tie was not going to be good enough. We wanted, to, like, basically, we were expecting and wanted to see a great performance. And again, I was hopeful the Champions League made me think that this team uh, was kind of turning a switch, perhaps, but you know what are you gonna do, man? I I think I agree with you. Uh, I thought again that the first half wasn't that bad. I I did not uh, take issue, massive issue with what I was seeing from the team in the first half. There was some great actions. There was a great uh, uh, um, uh, chance that there was. I think it was um, uh, it was a, a combination between Messi and and, and Busi to send uh, Braithwaite on his way like that. He, he, you know, he basically had to force a, a very good save from the goalkeeper in that occasion uh, to not allow Barca to go ahead in uh, uh, first in that game. Um, in fact, uh, Ledesma had, I think, a really fantastic game all around. I thought he performed some some really really good saves. Um, who was it early on as well? I want to say Dest uh, that had a good chance as well. That like really very early on that went flying just wide as well, but. You know, it, it, Coutinho it had one at the turned. far post early. So uh, Coutinho is the one. Coutinho, excuse me. Coutinho had the one that that he, yeah, he it was almost going to leave it to Jordi, or maybe he should have left it for Jordi Alba. Sorry, it's Dest that makes the run in, passes it to Griezmann. Correct. Now I yeah. remember, uh, Griezmann yeah. just misses it exactly, and then uh, De- or Coutinho gets on the end of it. But you know, what are you going to do? Like in a case like the Mingetha header is one of those situations that happen in football when, you know, a team that the state of Barca are in, in particular La Liga, just it's it's kind of Murphy's law applies to it, right? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Now, some will blame Dest for giving away that corner. Maybe it was a silly corner to give away. But the truth is that this game was just kind of a suicide mission as as some have described it as described it which i think you know is is accurately described uh, if it wasn't dest you know mingetha putting it in this team is 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 bound to have these kind of performances i think this season and again i'm referring to la liga because in, i think in the champions league 
in, with seven games left to play, anything can happen. And we've seen Barca perform well. It's a different circumstances, different sort of pressure, uh, different ambitions perhaps as well. So, But in La Liga, that's what we're getting. We're getting very little from Busquets, very little from the De Jong. There's no kind of play creation, right? There's no ability to read the game, I feel, from they, those two that are so pivotal uh, uh, to, to to really make this team tick. And, and when it comes to Messi and Griezmann, again, there. Uh, it, this one was one of those games where you feel like you're getting away of each other, right? Uh, I remember at the end of the second half, it was kind of like the ball fell to both, and it just looks clumsy. There, there's uh, things look clumsy in this team. There's there's no win fa- wing factor, uh, no ability to find space, you know, out wide neither. <clears throat> and um, you have to say, I mean, Coutinho, besides that chance, also had uh, just a very low rhythm of bad performance. And, uh, Kian, I mean, uh, t- tell me when you want to interject because, you know, I- I've got stuff to get off my chest. Uh, I don't know if you want to get on a long rant or, or if you want to interject <coughs> before I go on a continue my long rant and, and, and just hear you out at this point. Well, I suppose just because I'm writing down things that you're saying so that I don't forget to respond to certain things or at least... Um, or at least agree with you on certain things. So that the list doesn't get long, I'll, I'll do a quick interjection. I think that the desk, the point about desk in the the corners, I had never, I hadn't heard of anyone complaining about that. But again, I don't, I'm obviously not involved in the same circles as you are. But I actually made a note on that play. I actually thought he defended, He it was a good defensive sequence from him defending against Alex Fernandez, mm-hmm. who was obviously Nacho's Fernandez. And by the way, he had a good game. And there was a certain sweetness from Maridisas because him and both Negredo were important in, the, in this game against Barcelona. But I actually thought that was a good yeah. um, Dest sequence. And I thought Dest overall was pretty good. Um, I, I, I thought he was a bright spot too, yeah. I agree that you need more from Busquets. I thought... I think you need more from Busquets, De Jong, and Griezmann, those three in particular. Um, yeah. De Jong was very poor. De Jong... An, an interesting thing, because, you know, the, the numbers will tell us that Barcelona had a million percent possession, a million passes. So the passing accuracy will look good for everybody. But Busquets, Griezmann, and De Jong had key moments, I thought, where they just had such bad passes in the build-up play. And if you mm-hmm. look at the pass charts... In this game, it's a lot of just like a lot of congestion and a lot of redundancy in possession, I found. And so typical. yeah. And so like, you know, when you're talking about players who made a difference again, despite messy slander and you, you said that, that a, lot of, a lot of that might just be off the pitch things. Um, Messi without Messi, you had really nothing else in this game. I thought Braithwaite made good runs in death. So those three. And then Dembele when he comes in. And then there was that unfortunate report about the injury later, which hopefully isn't as bad as initially said. I think it's only going to be like two to three weeks he's missing, right? Mm-hmm. Something like mm-hmm. that. So it's not too bad. But it's, it's it, yes, I think it's, it might even be maximum two weeks. But yeah. yeah. So, you know, really you're looking at, in my eyes, three players who can make a difference in bringing something different. Dembele, Messi, and um, <clears throat> and Braithwaite, because I actually think Braithwaite has been a bright spot in this in this uh, in this string of games here. So yeah, he has. So then, so my point is back to the past maps. The kind of the Coutinho is in that mix too. Coutinho, Griezmann, De Jong, and Busquets bring a little bit of just congestion to me, 
That's the way yeah. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah kind yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Go- tripping over each other's feet and a lot of redundancy, short yeah. passes, all in one little kind of sphere. That used to be yeah. brilliant when it was Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets because it just opened up course, space yeah. and the movement was a little bit better and they were just obviously better players. So now I think you know yeah. it's it's a little bit it's a little bit tough. Um, yeah, and we should give credit to Cadiz who, you know. Gave Barca the ball. Look, I'm, I'm, I was gonna get, a, I was gonna get to that next. That's why I stopped to see what you know here okay. about on Barca. You're up. We have to give credit where it was due. But just on a messy factor as well. I mean, yes, there were messy free kicks, and and I think he tried to curl in the corner or two as well directly. But it, generally speaking, though, I mean, you you sense, you know, of course, anything can come from that little genius at any moment in time. But you do sense that. This is going to be Messi's worst year in you know ten fifteen years. I think this will be this will go down as Messi's last season with Barca, where we've never seen him. You know this kind of um, and by worst year, I don't mean well. I'm, uh, individually, he's part of it, you know, but 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 collectively, more than anything, he just he looks like a. A player that just doesn't want to be there, that wishes he did pack his bags and 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 were was allowed to have left, was allowed to leave, excuse me, and is just not buying into what he's being proposed at the moment, or or you know what he's surrounded with at the moment. I I, I was imagining, and then I'll get to Cadiz, but I want to bring this up because I was imagining Barca's locker room at the moment, and I was comparing that to you know champions. Locker rooms or teams, with locker rooms where 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 there's a good dynamic where things are going. When that's of course easier said than done, because teams that are, it's harder for teams to struggle to find like bond and chem team chemistry, right? And 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 to kind of like high five each other and the spirit is high. Of course, that comes with wins, but I think in in these kind of times, team spirit is even more important. And the fact that. In Messi's case, he doesn't have Luis Suarez, and, and instead, you know, he's up there with, with, you know, up on the pitch. I mean, with with Griezmann, a person that he doesn't have much feeling with, right? He doesn't have much chemistry with or friendship with. I think he's. My point is, I think he's feeling very lonely. I guess that 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 is, you know, what it all comes down to. And, and I could just imagine that locker room with, you know, the French gang, kind of being a, a sort of a group, and it just must be awkward. Also for Kuman. Um, Anyway, let me let me not get too uh, deep into this one, and let's save that for another part. Um, Cadiz, Cadiz, Cadiz. So, well, can I just on the Messi look, point really quick before you get to Cadiz? Right, right. Sorry, yeah. I think mm. you said like, I, I don't. Sorry, did you say something like um, this might be his best worst year or something like that? And I think you were. I think we will see that this season. And yeah, ten fifty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you were a little bit hesitant on that, but I actually think you don't need to be hesitant. I think this is his worst mm. year so far. Like from a from a pure from a goal mm. scoring and assist perspective, if you if you mm. talking about like per ninety minutes, it is his worst year, going all the way back to two thousand four, like when he first broke out. Mm-hmm. This is his worst year. Right. So um, you can say that now from a chance creation standpoint, it's not bad. But from a goal scoring perspective, it's not great. And when you don't have Suarez and Neymar, that becomes a huge problem. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could yeah, let Messi exactly. do, do things other than scoring, even though he was going to score anyway when Neymar and Suarez were in the team. But obviously now you just need him more than ever. He's This is a bad, bad year, bad time for him to yeah. to not be scoring. So, 
No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So, I, you know, we've, we've discussed that to death. But, yeah. So, Cadiz. Tell me about Cadiz. So, yeah. I mean, look, on the, on the topic of Cadiz, because you, you, you said we got to give credit and, and we have to give credit where credit is due. And Alvaro Cervera's men or a setup and, and his style of play um, was one that we've seen before, right? You mentioned the fact that he, they beat Real Madrid, they beat Athletic Club as well. They tied with Villarreal, uh, tied with Granada. I mean, you know, they're they're going head-to-head with La Liga giants, big clubs in the league, and also head-to-head with teams in form. They beat Eibar. I mean, I mean, they're now fifth. So it's just, you know, they're having a very good season. And, and, and once they were up one goal, that kind of played into Cervera's plans because they're a team that, that know how to suffer. Um, you know, they're determined to play this kind of way where they don't mind defending very tight score lines tooth and nail. And it's what they do this season. Um, so it's it's it, the, the the fact that they even overcame obstacles like uh, was the central. I think Mauro. I think it was he got injured in the first half. Yeah. Where you know players are walking off from on their part, and they still able to you know keep keep a composed team out there and force mistakes uh, like they did on on Barca's behalf. Now now there's, I mean the. You can see this from two ways, right? Um, I think you can see it in a way where, okay, Barca in the second half, once they, once they got the equalizer and everything, they were back in it. I think offensively they showed, you know, they put Granada up against the ropes. Um, you know, they were kind of suffocating them with, with constant offensive pressure where, you know, eventually after, uh, 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 I think it was Messi to Alba, uh, assist allowed uh, Alcala right to put in the the own goal. Yep, and it just kind of continued that that dynamic sort of continued where okay neg- or Negredo um, Cadiz didn't look tremendously um, say bothered by what was happening to them. Again, I think this fell in their game plan, but also the fact that in Barca's case, Comedy Central continued and Alba unexplicably throws in a fucking very sloppy, super fast ball to Longley's right foot, mind you. Uh, something I didn't notice at the time, but he, he passes it to his weak foot. Now, these are little details that, again, at the moment, uh, you're, not, you're maybe not aware of, you don't appreciate that, but when you hear it, you've actually realized that Longley's left foot and he passes to his right foot and the speed that he uh, throws it at. It's like, dude, what are you doing, man? What is your, where's your, you're not concentrated right now. Where's your concentration? Now, I, I wonder as well if, I, if Ter Stegen was sort of calling for the ball, if because it seems like Longley hmm. sort of gives up on it halfway and then lets it, you know, tries to let it through to to Ter Stegen. Um, but you know, Negredo is there applying just you know doing what he has to do as a, as a number nine applying great pressure keeping cool and uh, keeping a cool head uh under that pressure as well and, and put in a 2-1 uh, from there on you just saw it just sort of sink in and kuman revert back to that hail mary style of football that we've grown accustomed to also seeing uh, from time to time from this team where you know he puts in he puts in everybody right he, he puts in Trincao, puts in pianic and tries to see if he can sneak a goal in um which he nearly i mean they nearly did uh, it was actually of all the players that 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 didn't impress me again. Busquets that had a really good pass to Dest in the 70 is something minute that just goes wide again. Um, again, going to show just I think how good Dest is. Dest is really. Uh, we should talk about him at some point because 
it's a saying that this team is 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 going through what they're going through because I think there are some bright spots in this Barca team. But all in all, man, um, you know, it 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 just sums up a team where this is what we should have been expecting, you know. And I almost feel silly or stupid to have been maybe swayed or swooed, swayed. Swooned, 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 and swayed. Either would work. Swooned, yeah. Swooned, okay. By this team in preseason, where I was thinking, hey, shit, you know, could could it be that we might maybe have a a pretty good season, decent season? You know, uh, things don't seem all that bad when you look at on paper. Again, Barca's got really, really good players. I mean, you know, even from the newcomers, Trincao. I think Trincao continues to you know, impressed despite also in the Champions League. <laughs> the poor guy was very unlucky to be the only forward not to score a goal. And and, and in fact, if anything, that game, he was had one of his more poor performance of the season. But, um, but you know, it, it this is it, man. Like, you know, the, the fact that the 2021 La Liga champions are now 12 points ahead of Barca is... La Liga KO. It, it's it's a knockout for Barca, uh, for La Liga. And that's a reality. We have to assume that. We have to expect uh, that and try to somehow make it still so that we can at least say face, uh, finish in the top four, because I think that is all the only realistic objective at this point. And, um, and we will see, man, because right now Barca is, you know, just far away from that. Of course, there's still two games in hand. I think if Barca gets the three points uh, from these two games in hand, I think they would be sixth or seven now. I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, that's not a given that, that Barca can pick up these uh, um, six points in the two, with the two games in hand. So, Champions League it is. <laughs> Champions, all the chips are on the Champions League. Well, even the, <clears throat> when you mentioned at the top of the podcast that Barca are 12 points behind, that's also... They're they're behind the the team that also has the same games in hand that Barca does. Um, okay, right. Well, there you go. I I like that you said that Cadiz didn't seem bothered. I thought that was an apt kind of way to describe it. And I think they they felt comfortable enough in their own shell to mm-hmm. pick out passes out of the back. Jan Bodiger in midfield, very good at kind of just reading those passes that Barcelona were trying to play. And uh, I have a. I, th- I think this is uh, – there's a funny question from a patron, but I, I will just say that I think um, if there's any consolation for you, Barcelona's black jerseys were, were pretty nice. That's the one ah, takeaway. This is a slick <laughs> – it's a very slick uh, thing. Okay, so question well, from our you, patron, Christo, mm. which came in before the <laughs> the podcast. I think it was meant for the Friday show, which – Fit at the time, but it's so funny how um, football changes. So, Christo says, my question to Keon. My sir, when seeing Barca playing better and better with every passing game, do you pee yourself a little bit? <laughs> so, I just want to say... step further, but I won't <laughs> because I know you don't like to go there. Well, just... <laughs> I just want to say that if you've been listening to what I've been saying, what I've been writing and and everything that I've been saying on Twitter and even in some of the columns I've written about Barca this season, 
I've always been very clear that this Barca team does not worry me. And even the games that they're winning, it's kind of, it's very similar to Real Madrid to me in that sense that I can't get carried away when Real Madrid win and I can't necessarily get carried away when they lose. I just, I don't have that much confidence. (laughs) this intro, you're letting your R's roll like ridiculous. Well, you asked me if Real Madrid won the trouble after that intro. If Real Madrid win the treble, I will, I can I can dig even deeper and pull some R's out. Okay, I've been doing some breath <laughs> work don't. lately. I've been getting into breath work, so my oxygen levels are getting a little bit higher. So I think I can pull you out some. I have some R's. Okay. I, I have some R's in the holster for when that day comes. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, but no, I I was not <laughs> peeing myself, even like in hindsight or whatever. I, this Barca team is not impressing me that much, and I'm sure they'll win. But it's games I mean, when and, you say they don't worry you. You mean in what sense, really? Because obviously, I mean, neither Barca. I mean, Madrid doesn't worry Barca and uh, Barca fans, and, and and vice versa. So, what what does worry you? Meaning, like, does Atletico worry you? Like, yes. Madrid's not going to win La Liga. I, I I count you guys out as well. That's fair. I, Completely I fair. Jump the gun here, but put it this way: mm. Atletico make me pee myself a little bit more than Barca does. So do Real Sociedad. Uh, so do Bayern Munich. I get if it. If we have to play that. Dude, my bad. You know what? I, I, I misinterpreted this question, you see? That's mm. why I, I the, the peeing. See, I attributed the peeing yourself out of delight, out of like laughing. Out of, oh. You know, I'm piss, pissing yourself laughing. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. That's why we. This is this why the the worrying you that kind of surprised me part. Uh, that part sort of described that the, Jesus surprised me because I thought he meant like pee yourself laughing, like you get a delight, a kick out of seeing Barca get, you know, do so bad. No, um, e- Ewan posted like this graphic. I think he made it up himself on Twitter, mm. which mm. I think fits into this discussion where it's like it's a flowchart of Real Madrid and. Mm. If the question is, are Real Madrid supposed to win this game, then it means they lose. If they're not supposed to win this game, then it means they're going to win it. So it means if they play against Barca or Inter, Sevilla, they're going to win. If they play against Cadiz Shakhtar, they're going to lose. Um, and at that just means it's just basically a very simplified um, way of saying that Real Madrid have still not figured out how to score against defensively organized teams who won't open up against them a little bit. So... Sevilla, I mean, the Sevilla analysis, and and by the way, I'm kind of, I'm really interested also to talk about Atletico again this week and other teams. But the Sevilla analysis was that um, Sevilla are actually, in a way, Real Madrid, a poor man's Real Madrid with all due respect to them because the way Lopetegui plays and the way he uses his fullbacks, the way he has his line half pitch, the way he crosses, the way he has possession, and the way he doesn't actually have an efficient target man is the way Real Madrid are, but a less talented version of Real Madrid, which is harsh, but it's true. Um, mm. So <clears throat> Real Madrid took one out of the, the, the Cadiz book and played more defensively. They kind of dialed back their press a bit in the second half. They absorbed pressure. They weren't entirely comfortable, but they were comfortable enough. And Varane and Nacho, they had an easy time mopping up all the crosses that Sevilla were putting in. Um, and so that those are the games that they should be able to win. I mean, they should win almost every game on the calendar, on paper. But, you know, those are the games that Real Madrid are built to win right now. 
what happens against Borussia Mönchengladbach on Wednesday? Well, I think they probably win that one too, and then um, and and put a bandit on it. Very confident over here. I wouldn't say very confident. I would just say it's probably what's going to happen, right? What do you think? Do you think Real Madrid is not going to win that game? <laughs> I don't know. This is the Real Madrid. I mean, look, this is the Real Madrid. This is the Champions League. Obviously, you never know what to expect. There could be, you know, five Chilenas uh, from Benzema to go into the top left corner. Sure. Uh, or we could see Mönchengladbach <clears throat> force a tie, maybe a win. Um, they're they're playing well too, by the way. They're, they're a good team this they season. They are playing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they're they're top of the group as well, right? The top of your group. Yeah, they're top. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're top. Of course. They're so, top. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I know what I'm hoping for. I don't know what to expect. I, but I will say that I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm missing. Self criticism, auto, uh, you know, uh, auto criticism, self criticism from you a little bit. I felt like this game. Look, I felt that against Sevilla, Madrid deserved the win. Yes, I will say that, uh, no doubt about it. And I was very impressed with Vinny, uh, particularly in the first half. Uh, like after 20 seconds, he already had a chance, basically yeah. one of the best chances of the game uh, to. One up, and I think it was Vinicius as well that forces the steal from Bono. Yes, um, and right, it is him as well. I mean, he basically has got this tremendous ability to create chances, and obviously, well, not scored so many of them. Um, some say a little bit like Iguain. I kind of, I think that's a pretty astute comparison between him and Iguain in that sense. Iguain also in the beginning was, you know, would work really hard, great chances, but not get so many goals. Um, uh, what was it? I mean, it was, um, and again, it was. I mean, Benitez was all over this place here. I think his his influence was. Um, was hugely noticed even when Bono was forced to make a massive save from Benzema uh, near the end of the first half where you see this like nice little step over I love those little moves it just you know it shows great sort of knowledge and awareness of your teammates all around so Vinicius stepping over that ball allowing uh, Benzema to get a shot in that forces to save before of course Kroos also had a shot outside of the box that goes flying uh, in the, I think in the top right corner it was um, an indirect free kick that forces another bono save. Um, so all in all, I think in the first half, you're right that that you know Madrid deserved the win, and and, and based on the first half alone, Madrid deserved the win. Now, having said that, the one nil, you know, let it be Vinicius to score the one one, <laughs> get another goal where his shot doesn't go anywhere near target. Instead, he hits bono. Um, you know, for an old goal, own goal. That goal in and of itself reminded me a lot like the goal he scored against us in the Clásico uh, last season where it was similar. You know, Ter Stegen, um, this one, I mean, it was more of a flagrant own goal, if anything. But, but you know, Ter Stegen taps it, tapped it in. But, uh, you know, with all the M- M- Madrid praise aside, uh, with regards to Sevilla, I really liked Suso, man. Um, I thought Suso really... Had he been in longer, I think that Sevilla would have been able to create more. I think a lot of of 
uh, chances and, and, and intention rather came from his boots. You know, of course, yes, there was the Luke de Jong kind of perfect Chilena in the second half. That really wasn't much of a, a problem for Courtois yeah, right at all. At it went straight to him. Yeah. Uh, but the way that like Suso, he had one action, which it, it, it could have been a goal. It almost was a goal or a contender for goal of the season where he dribbles past Kroos and Nacho. Um, for those who, have, you know, if you, I mean, most of the listeners would have seen it, but try to look at it again. I want to think that he takes Nacho out after have gone going have gone past Kroos by pulling the ball back quickly as well. I mean, it's an absolute delight of a dribble, and then his shot obviously went flying uh, wide from the in the top left corner. But um, yeah, he, for me, he was the best player of the game, nearly for well for Sevilla anyway. Shamey came on so late. Uh, Ocampos had a, another Chilena blocked by Courtois as well. We could have seen two Chilenas go in, uh, in this case, uh, uh, for Sevilla in one game. But all in all, man, you know, Vinny, uh, uh, he excites me. He continues to, you know, make me sort of, uh, yeah, make me excited for the, for what we can see from him in the future. I still have a lot. Of, I don't know what, the, you know, the the... The word is around the campfire over in Madrid with with the fans. I mean, with regards to Vinny, but I, I'm I'm very optimistic for him. Modric had a very solid good game as well. Um, you know, when he's on the pitch, at least in this occasion, you felt that you know there's somebody in control and command of the team. I mean, that's that's his presence, right? More than Croso uh, in that sense, I felt that Modric was the leader of this uh, team out on the pitch, and. Um, so again, all in all, I mean, now I've been singing Madrid's praises forever, and and yet I feel like this one nil, like they scrape by in a way. I mean, it's uh, the the same way that you say that you're not worried for uh, Barca. Uh, looking at what Madrid does throughout the ninety minutes, it's not a team where you know that I feel. And when I say worry, I mean and it be becoming La Liga champions. That's what I mean. If they can beat Barca, that's not my worry. I mean, I, it's you know they've already done it. Like they, they, um, this team can beat Barca. Any team can beat Barca. We don't know what to expect, really, right? But this Madrid one is is not a championship caliber team in La Liga. That is obviously in the Champions League. We know that anything can happen. That anything can happen, which is why I remain optimistic and hopeful that a miracle could happen, you know, it could shine on, on Barca in that case uh, for this this Champions League season. Who knows? I think you and I are actually aligned in our analysis and our thoughts of Real Madrid. Um, pretty much everything you said there, I am in line with. Even with Suso, I, I actually asked Lopetegui about Suso after the game. And he said you that... You did? It, yeah. Look at you. Oh, and man, he I miss said, not covering your press conference, dude. I mean, I say your press... Like, seeing your mom my press, pop up the on the The Keon face. Sabani show. You're no longer <laughs> translating those. I'm not translating your press conference. <laughs> or uh, or just do, taking snapshots at the back of my head. I guess <laughs> that doesn't happen on exactly. Zoom anymore. But Yeah. Well, I had a good Zoom snap snap uh, pick of you as well uh, last season. It was It was a funny one. Where you're just sitting there in the middle, the only one that's not allowed to ask a question. You're, you remember that one? Did you get my bald spot or was I wearing uh, a hat? <laughs> no, you were not wearing a hat. You wear hats to press conferences? How rude. How dare if it's you? cold enough, hell yeah. And I'm not the only one. Cold a enough? lot of people do. Yeah, it's in freezing at the burnabout. Yeah. 
And by the time you come oh, inside to I'm try to... I'm talking about Zoom. I'm talking about Zoom, 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 Zoom. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Depends. I'm also cold mm. in the house, too. Um, True, me too. <laughs> I'm walking around with a fat-ass scarf. I'm right wearing... Now. Right now, but I'm wearing too. I'm wearing a big hoodie and a scarf. Uh-huh. Just because I'm cold. And I'm, this is how I'm comfortable. Um, me too. Lopetegui said that... What was your question? What was your question? Well, yes. just that I thought he changed the dynamic of the game and if he agreed on it. And, it, and if so, what did he bring to the table? And, and Lopetegui said that, well, he gave us a jump offensively and the only reason he didn't actually start was because he's missed games and he's been injured and he, was 100, he wasn't 100% fit to do so. Uh, um, mm. And with Vinicius... Um, oh, yeah, well, two points. One is... What are the Real Madrid people saying about Vinicius? Well, it changes every week, and <laughs> depends on if he's good or not. And if he's good, then he's right. then then it's we should be patient with him. And if he's not good, then it's then it's a, we wasted our money on him. So to this week, we, this week we should be patient with him. Um, okay. The other <laughs> the other point about uh, what was you saying? Oh, but the La Liga chances. I don't think they are. Going, they, I don't think they have enough in the tank for the league. I think what we saw against Sevilla was that they scraped through with an own goal, which, you know, that's harsh. I, I don't think it should have been counted as an own goal. I think that's Vinicius' goal. Um, but I, I think I think it's hard to rely on scraping by... own goal? What are you talking about? No, I just mean that that rule is stupid. It's an, it's, it's, goal, it's, it's an own goal, but it shouldn't be an own goal. He put, well, it's an own goal. Okay, go on. Sorry. Go it on. just, it just, the, the rule is stupid. They should just, unless Bonu was like taking that ball and throwing it into his own net. I think, I think the Vinicius deserves the goal. That's my. I, I don't like that rule. My point. Mm. Um, regardless, I don't think you can rely on scraping by one nil. And the reason they were able to after the quarantine was. Their defense was awesome, and I, I and I said that after they won the championship last season. I think that's going to be hard to sustain doing that for another season, or in this case, a full season. And last season was really half a season where their defense improved. So to do that again, I think it's very hard to sustain. And just looking at it, it's very laborious. It's hard to watch. It's hard to digest. It's hard to see Real Madrid so toothless offensively. And this is a mm. better league than it's been. It's it's a league that's getting better for all our complaints about the big two sucking. The rest of the league is awesome. The rest of the league is really, really good. Yep. So whether yep. the rest of the league can go toe-to-toe with Bayern Munich, Manchester, Liverpool, probably not. But at least they've improved. And I would argue Atletico can on their day. I know they've lost 4-0 yeah. against Bayern already. Um, but I would argue hey, on their day it's possible in a knockout game. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And and I'm in that game against. Remember, I uh, b- before the game itself in the Champions League, you we were asked for predictions, and I predicted a two-two, a two-all. Sorry, a two-two. Uh, ended one-all in the day, and I felt like Atletico deserved the win. To be honest, I felt like they German they they dominated. Uh, obviously, a weakened German side, uh, particularly in the first half. I think. Not much in the second half, but in that first half, I was, you know, I liked what I saw from Atleti against Bayern. So mm-hmm. Also, there, um, yeah, I mean, ju- they're just so- showing good form. And I agree. I mean, on a European night, they could, they could absolutely, you know, progress and, and beat any side. I also like don't see a roadmap for Real Madrid to be better offensively than they already are. I just don't see it. 
because it requires health and rhythm and consistency. And I don't think you're getting that in 2020. There's just too many variables and there's not a goal scorer in the team. I mean, okay, look, mm-hmm. I I know but Benzema is technically one. And he is. He has been mm-hmm. scoring. But um, it's just there's no roadmap for me. There's no like Harry mm-hmm. Kane or so on. <laughs> there's no... There's yeah. no, like, even, like, Messi, I expect that he's going to start scoring. There's no Messi. There's no yeah. Suarez, Marcos Llorente type figure. There's no, um, you know, if you even look at Real Sociedad, I mean, it's not, even the, Isaac's not scoring, Oyarzabal is. And so, yeah. there's yeah. no, they don't have that right now. And so, I just don't see that a roadmap kind of opening up. And that no. that's my take. So, no. yeah. So, we're aligned. Any, I, you know, I think we we're move. aligned. Yeah. Before we move on, any any winter transfer hopes in a, in a, to to in that sense to kind of I, lift the spirits or I don't turn this think team so. Around? I don't think it's going to happen. Hmm. No. Okay. <clears throat> um, do you want to take some questions? I think we can. I think the questions okay. will take us into things we haven't discussed yet. But um, yeah, my- do I have to watch Barca Juve tomorrow just because it's Ronaldo versus Messi? Is that that Ask game is meaningless, right? No, it's not. It is, but, but uh, or actually, it is, right? Yeah, Barca are qualifies first. Are they qualified first? I think I don't. I don't. I need to see. I don't remember right now. I don't know if first. Churros. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I kind of feel like watching other games. I didn't watch Barca Ferenc Varos last game. Uh, because oh, come on, you you know that that between Ronaldo and Messi, at least there'll be a little bit of that old old school rivalry. You gotta hope at least. Yeah, uh, even if it's just for pride. If so, Juve are three points behind Barca, and the goal differential is seven. And Barca won the first game, so I guess if Juve win by a bunch of goals, they can come first. Still, is that how it works? Uh, well, I don't. Know. It doesn't matter. But I just yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. But, you know, the Man U PSG saw, group saw, is much more interesting. But I guess I Ronaldo versus Messi. It, it may be the last time ever, so we have to watch it. We should watch it. it, it that, that's the point I was going to make. I saw this beautiful, I retweeted this beautiful artwork from, uh, I mean, a massive Barca account. Barca Pictures, hashtag 14. Um, was that the one from the Barca Twitter great, account, official one? If he's a... Sorry, well, I, I didn't hear your question. Um, Barca oh. Twitter tweeted out a picture. Of... Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, well, there's that one. Exactly. No, somebody else made that one. Um, this this guy made one where basically he photoshopped uh, from the very first time that Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi faced each other. Uh, until the last time and and you know the different teams so you're talking young Messi against a young Ronaldo and, at Man U then obviously a bunch of well a little bit older in the Champions League final uh Ronaldo Man U Messi Barca and then you know the Ronaldo's Messi Madrid and and and, and etc but just um it's a sequence of about um you know I don't know how many it is like eight or nine different sequences duels where you see them together and it's photoshopped in a really cool way uh and it, yeah man it's like like you said it could be one of the last times i mean this was the biggest one-on-one rivalry that we've seen in football that we've known in football dare i say ever i mean have we ever come across 
two players like this performing at their absolute peak for so long, uh, you know, uh, snatching away Balones de Oro from one from the other for, for the remainder of, for, for, near, you know, a decade, basically. And, um, yeah, some, something to commemorate, I think, in this game. Uh, it, it, and it's a new one as well. You know, Juventus, I mean, uh, Cristiano now with Juventus, uh, Messi in his case still at Barca, but it's uh, another one uh, that could be added to that picture. And, and I think, I mean, I'm going to watch it and, and I'm going to hopefully enjoy it. All right. Watching you, Ronaldo get beat. <laughs> you twisted my arm. <clears throat> I'll watch it. There you go. All right. There you go. Patreon.com slash Churros y Tacticas is where you go to get questions in, but also get access to bonus shows. Um, our, pre- our patron, Brendan Powers, says, Simply put, can you explain what's working for Real Sociedad and why, they're, why they are surging to the top of the league? And also, can you discuss how Athletic Bilbao are sort of struggling? They went from a team that was unbeatable at San Mames, and now they find themselves towards mid-table. I remember they were fighting for European spots at some points in the season. What do they need to do move to to move to the ranking that their fans deserve? So, Diego, I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on this. I'm sure, well, I'm sure you do. Uh, I would say with Athletic, one of they have two big issues to me. One is they don't have anyone who can score, and Iñaki can't be that guy, and Raúl García can't be relied upon more than he already is. And their transition defense hasn't looked good this season. And for Real Sociedad, they're both offensively and defensively. They've been brilliant. David Silva has fit in like a glove. He looks like peak David Silva. He's putting in passes and his vision, like all of that stuff. It's like you're getting the whole package. And you and I discussed Isaac's struggles earlier in terms of goal scoring, but Oyarzaba has taken that mantle in his scoring. And also, um, Porto and Januzaj, those two have taken the leap. And also defensively, they've been great. I mean, like their goal differential of plus 17, 12 games into this season is impressive no matter how you spin it. So that that's my kind of very, quote-unquote, simply put analysis of those two. Uh, yeah, look, honestly, in the case of Aleti Klub, I, I have to confess here that I haven't watched them that much this season. You you talk about you know their lack of goal scoring ability, but that's what they've been doing for the longest of seasons. I mean, it's something that characterized their this team uh, under Garitano has always been the nitty gritty, you know, the hardcore sort of physical battles, their their midfield battles, dispossessing teams, their defense. I mean, like you said, Samo was an absolute Samo Miss was an absolute fortress, but up top, um, uh, Raúl García permitting you know Iñaki is has always been an on and off goal scorer he's always been a striker that has simply not scored enough goals and is it's you know he's not or he's not turning it around this season not so far anyway and I don't think I don't expect him to anymore I, I, this is Iñaki with with all the illusion with all the excitement and hope that I think us neutrals of this club had with for this player you know whether he deserves a spot on the Spain team etc I, I mean for me at least personally and, and, and it's not personally against him, obviously. I don't know fucking I don't know the guy personally. But what do I see from on the field based after so many seasons watching them is is like this is an Yaki Williams. This is what you're gonna get. He's not the great prolific goal scorer. Um and because of their limits, you know, obviously only allowed to bas or to to feature to um to buy Basque players, well, they're going to be a club that is, at this moment in time, hindered by that because they don't have that goal scorer. They continue not to have that goal scorer. Um, 
and with regards to uh, uh, um, Real Sociedad, well, I mean, surging to the top of the league table, at, you know, I think is an overstatement. Uh, they've been at the top of the table because they've been very consistent, very good yep. uh, this season. Like I said at the beginning, they've uh, improved. Uh, you know, they managed to improve the, the the gap that Odegaard left by returning to Real Madrid by bringing in David Silva, who, as you said, has performed peak. David Silva is fitting like a glove. Um, you know, they did snatch up a point. I mean, the one the nil nil against Alaves. Um, I don't know if you want to argue if that's a sort of a Basque derby or you know if it's a, a good point for Alaves and, and 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 is what I'm trying to say, but. Um, you know, those are the kind of places I think that they want to pick up points, uh, three points that is, and this nil-nil draw. You know, I don't know if it puts a damper on things or what. I mean, obviously they have 25 points; they're still second in La Liga, in La Liga, but they have played two games more than uh, Atlético de Madrid and one game more than Real Madrid. Obviously, two than the, than Barça as well, and Sevilla for that matter. My point being is when. This the rest of the teams catch up, and those six points are added to the rest of the teams. I wonder where Real Sociedad fit in the overall standings of the league table. Well, I will just also the the variable of COVID has to be factored in to everything we analyze. And uh, San Mamés is a fortress with its fans there, and obviously we know that not yeah. having that sucks for them and sucks for everybody. Also. But San Mamés is obviously one of the more um, spirited atmospheres in, in the entire league so um yeah, yeah yeah all right we had one more question which i'm going to bring up right now it's a long one today as we're making up for friday I hope the churros listeners appreciate i'm sure they do uh sebastian hultuana says what happens if barca go broke how does that affect them short and long term is it possible for them to have to be privately owned to survive I really love this podcast, and I like it a lot when you talk about financial stuff. It makes you understand football better. Keep up the good work. It will be pretty sad in the future when the intro will be done based on which clubs suck the least. We're already at that stage now. <laughs> we are already living that in that era. Be the criteria. Yeah. That is the criteria. Good one. What's this, who was this? Sebastian Hultwona. There you go, Sebastian. Good question. Hey, I like it, and thank you for the support. Thank you. I uh, love hearing that sort of feedback, any kind of feedback. But if it's good, of course, then then all the all the better received. So thank you. Uh, what happens if? But well, listen, you in your question, I think gave the answer. Um, if the case were to take place that Barça sees itself to declare bankruptcy, uh, Tusquets has already mentioned that the players are not going to get paid this uh, January that they'll have to wait until June uh, to get paid. I mean, it's it's a scenario, it's a possibility that I don't even want to think about, but that is a reality and a real possibility that has to be taken into account. If that were to happen, yes, privately own, private ownership, I think, would be the solution and the answer to my dismay and that of hundreds or millions of thousands of culés and the hundreds of thousands of socios, because it would mean, of course, that we would no longer be part owner, uh, member of the club. Um, so no more, no further elections, no, no voice, no, no decision-making power, no assemblies, uh, and so forth. But that in a nutshell, um, would be the solution. I, I at least that's the one that I, occurs to me, Kian. I don't know if you have a 
you know, financial creative business solutions uh, where you could spin this somehow to still allow the clubs to, to uh, main, you know, survive and, and, and if they did, would reach bankruptcy and go broke. No, but the one, <clears throat> one context that I haven't seen anyone speak about was is kind of the, the bailout, government bailout kind of scenario where Oof. the Catalan government sees the institution of FC Barcelona too important to, to see go bankrupt. Mm. It's too important mm. to the fans, to the spirit of the community, so there's an intervention somehow. I don't know. Well, I don't know how they're doing for presupuestos, their budgets, and how they're doing for cash, but uh, we're talking Spain here, my friend. Mm. This is not you know, one of the rich nations uh, in Europe or the world. Let it, you know. Yeah. But uh, hey, before that takes place, let's let's not entertain that thought any longer, shall we, Sebastian? I appreciate the question, though. Um, I think we should wrap it up here, Diego. I got a long day ahead yeah. of me. Uh, you also need to yes. recover, and uh, we both got kids. Oh no, so. man, I need to run down. It's insane. Like I'm, I'm so happy you guys don't hear what I have to hear. The the screaming and the food being thrown. And my wife slowly but surely, her patience getting tested and that patient is running out, which is by the time daddy walks into that kitchen, it's, you know, that look, the wife look. You know what I'm talking about, Kia? And it's just like, these motherfuckers are all yours now. Thank you very much. I hope you had a good time talking about football on your podcast. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. <laughs> Every listener who has kids right now immediately knows what, what you're talking about. So there's sympathy everywhere. Um, all right, go deal with that. I'll probably deal with that in a few hours because of the time difference. I still have a couple hours left until that stage. But yeah, go deal with that. We'll be back Friday and uh, have fun watching Messi versus Ronaldo tomorrow. And we'll talk soon. No Take care. Thanks, Diego. Peace, buddy. Ciao. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.